Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Intermediate Podcast. We are back with a new episode, a unique episode, because in the time we've been gone, we actually have tried recording a few episodes while suffering many technical problems. <laughs> so this episode is actually going to be a few episodes linked together, including an extended segment where we don't have half of my audio and we only have Weiss's audio. So see if you can guess which parts are from different days and which parts are dubbed in after the fact. Yeah, this one is kind of stitched together, but, you know, we're coming to the end of 2020, so I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> With all that said, enjoy the episode. That was crazy when, uh, what's his name? Todd McFarlane? What's that? What's that guy's name? Tad McMahon? What? Toby Determined, right. His name's Toby Determined. Uh, Toby Determined. Crazy when they revealed that he was Grunkle Stan's brother. <laughs> uh, Stan, you found my dear Gibbous darkest secrets. <laughs> I wrote the journal, my Gravity Falls fan fiction. It's kind of crazy that the last episode we talked about half of season one and now we're talking about the series in its entirety. The rest of it. <laughs> Uh, Gravity Falls is full of good voices. A lot of good voices. Did you say that Toby Determined was Alex Hirsch? No, it's the his voice actor is Greg Turkington. Uh, I think it would have been fun if that was one of those characters where he just had the same name as his voice actor. <laughs> I think that'd be <laughs> just a fun little tidbit. Like, oh, it's just me, Toby. Toby Determined is totally a pen name, though. It sounds like a good young adult novel name. This name's perfect. <laughs> By the way, I don't think we did a formal uh, introduction yet. <laughs> yeah. Hi, welcome back to the Intermediate Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello, Angel. Hi, Weiss. Long time no see. Actually, long time no uh, see. Long time no. Uh, you know what? No, let's let's keep up the. Let's keep up with the smoke screen. Long time no see, Angel. Long time no see, Weiss. How you been, buddy? Long time no see. <laughs> Long time no see. Long time no see. <laughs> uh, that's a joke about me and Weiss needing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> We're here to talk about Gravity Falls, the rest of it. The rest of it, TM. That's going to be the name of our review. I mean, it was still good. <laughs> the first half of season one... Uh... You know, it, I don't mean this in any negative way at all. I mean this in a good way. What you see is what you get. It doesn't dip off in quality or anything. You just, it keeps going and it's consistent. I yeah. like it. I want to talk about the ending a little bit later. Well, I guess we should start with the end of season one since that's where we left off last time. Okay, yeah. The last episode we watched on the show was the fighting game episode. And then the end of season one concluded with them... Pretty much taking care of Gideon. I thought Gideon was a pretty fun little antagonist. Whittle old him. Which one was the episode where um, Bill turned Dipper into a puppet? That was season two, correct? That's probably season two. Because uh, season one, I believe there's only one episode with Bill in it. Dreamscapers. They have to travel through Grunkle Stan's mind. Did we talk? We didn't talk about that last time, did we? 
No, no. The last time we only saw the first 10 episodes, so we didn't see Bill or anything at all. The episodes with Bill were really fun. I really liked the moments when the supernatural stuff really was cranked up and Bill was a a fun antagonist for that yeah. aspect of the show. Like Gideon is like an antagonist for the town and for the supernatural aspect, Bill is an antagonist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bill is something that's been around. Mr. Three Angles, that man. <laughs> You know, if there was an interdimensional demon that was the shape of an octagon, he'd probably have Bill beat. It's almost triple the angles. What was the episode where... No, all I'm thinking... No, okay, no. All I'm thinking about is season two episodes. (laughs) Those ones really stick in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, season one was really fun, but season two uh, started getting a lot thicker and heavier with the story and narrative elements. And I definitely was a lot more invested starting with season two. Yeah, the very beginning of season two uh, really shocked me because it was it was immediately kind of heavier. You know, they were there were zombies. They were hacking them apart. It was more violent than any of the action in season one. And Grunkle Stan, who was always played for comic relief, you finally see more of his character get revealed when he fights off zombies to protect Dipper and Mabel. And I was shocked. That was really cool. Yeah, so last time when we talked about Gravity Falls, we uh, we watched enough to know if we like it or not, but they didn't really go into anything uh, major. It, it, like, it, we saw very little of it, like, teased in season one, like, in the first episode, Stan going behind the vending machine, and then uh, in the season finale, um, Stan, uh, you know, going back to that place. And at the end of season one, he has all three journals, right? Yeah. He took Dipper's journal pretending it was like some, like, you know, just goofy whatever book, you know? Another curiosity, just like the ones you'd find in his shop. Yeah. Hey, did you ever notice that um, Dipper's uh, nose is a little bit more orange, like uh, Stan and Ford? Yeah, I I noticed that as like a sort of a Pines trait in the men, I think. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that their dad also had that. You said there was an episode specifically you wanted to bring something up about? The uh, hypnotizing episode? You know, you'd always see the people of Gravity Falls interacting in some way with the magical elements. And in season two, they build up showing a lot of these examples uh, in the episode Society of the Blind Eye. Where... They've just been erasing people's memories of uh, mystical experiences in Gravity Falls. Uh, that was a great episode. That episode was shocking for me because uh, I wasn't expecting Fiddleford McGucket to be central to the main storyline. And I liked how many times Gravity Falls surprised me with stuff like that. So, you know, the townspeople have a secret society. McGucket was an inventor that worked with Ford. Uh, there was a third example that I had in mind, but it's not coming to mind. So two examples and another one that I'm not remembering of just the show surprising me with stuff like that. I remember one of the things we talked about a lot in the last episode we did was all the little puzzles in the end screens, stuff that hinted at future stuff. Yeah, the what, what would you call that? I don't know, riddles, cryptographs. I think the word's cryptographs. Yeah, cryptograph. Yeah, 
I looked at all those. I think that, and I said this, uh, I was going to say last week. I said this last episode too. Yeah, I think that would have been more fun if I was actually there for it. Because <laughs> then, you know, I have all the episodes laid out in front of me. And the thing at the end says, watch out for Society of the Blind Eye. And the next episode coming up says Society of the Blind Eye. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch out for the next episode. <laughs> One episode that I was very delighted by in particular was episode 25 or episode 5 of season 2. Seuss and the Real Girl. I thought it was so funny that they were referencing dating sims. I thought that was really funny. Uh, I like the name of the episode because it's referencing the movie Lars and the Real Girl, which is a good movie. It There was also a joke in this episode that made me like laugh, like openly laugh in my chair, which sometimes happened, but a few enough times where I can call out a moment in this episode because Seuss is looking for a girlfriend and this girl walks up to him. And she's wearing a shirt that says Meet Cute. That's the name of the shop that she works at. But that's also just a writing story term for, you know, when you're introducing two characters that are going to be romantic. It's called a Meet Cute scene. So I thought that was well, M-E-E-T, like Meet Hmm. Cute, because it's a cute meeting. Yeah. So so in writing slash storytelling, there's that term Meet Cute. And she was wearing a pun of that (laughs) Meet Cute. That made me laugh because I got it. Gravity Falls seems a lot more like an all ages kind of show, you know, like from from just looking at it. If like if you've only seen season one here and there, you'd probably think of it as like a like, oh, this is a show for kids. But. uh, They they do a lot. They do a lot with it. Yeah, I I think that this show is a really good example of television aimed at a younger audience because it's not dumb at all, which some people make the mistake of assuming that you could just make stuff dumb for kids. Yeah. Like really really good work. It's great when you can enjoy it, you know, throughout your life. And this definitely has vibes like that. Like cuz it leans So when I say aimed at a younger audience, it's not having to do with simplicity or anything at all it has to do with it leaning into whimsy which is just really nice because anyone can enjoy that yeah there's visual jokes there's multi-layered jokes there's callbacks so it's something that's really fun to just engage with as a tv show yeah in that regard as far as something that's written intelligently that is going to last for for a long time Gravity Falls does it in a way that's also on par with like Avatar The Last Airbender. Both of those shows are evergreen. Uh, you know something? Um, in in episode 6, Little Gift Shop of Horrors, uh, th- a joke that I got in there was, uh, man, these claymation fights are cool and expensive to animate. <laughs> and then they just show the shadows on the wall. Yeah. They're like, wow, this fight looks so impressive. <laughs> It's fun, the uh, just the little call-outs to production. <laughs> yeah, the meta jokes. So the plot getting thicker, um, Tale of Two Stands was such a good episode. Best episode in the show. No, not Tale of Two Stands. The one before that I liked. Uh, not what he seems. Yeah, Tale of Two Stands is the flashback, right? That's also a really, really cool episode, but I liked not what not he, what oh he my. seems. Just when everything comes together and everything's just falling into place, 
Oh my god, yeah. It it becomes a moment you remember, and I'm that's just gonna stay in my mind now. Just that image of Mabel with her hand over the button and Grunkle Stan pleading to her. Like, do you really think I'm oh, a bad guy? Oh my god. That that's gonna stick that's gonna stay in my mind. That's so heavy. Yeah. Uh, on my first watch of that, I was as conflicted as the kids were. Like, who the f- who is this guy? Yeah, so I didn't know the details of the twist or anything, like, right there. Like, I knew that... So, I knew that Stan had a brother just because I remembered when I was a kid watching commercials for the TV show. But I didn't know all the details going into it. So, I was actually really... Uh, the only thing I could think to say is I was really sussed out when for the first half of the episode, they were finding all this stuff in his office, fake IDs and passports and money from different countries. And there was a news clipping that said Stan died in a car accident. So I was actually wondering, like, wait, who is Grunkle Stan? So that was really exciting to be taken on that trip by... <laughs> the gravity falls team honestly i don't think the show ever reached that height again for me like i didn't dislike anything after it but i think that was the peak for me just it was a really great moment for all of the characters especially mabel and grunkle stan it it was a little disappointing going to the dungeons and dungeons 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 and more dungeons yeah that one was really deflating after tale of two stands when the you know the story is at its most critical and uh then it just goes to more fun times when i really wanted to see more story happening my my favorite part in not what he seems is when stan has the timer on his watch and the the these government guys have him in handcuffs and uh, you know, when, when the anomaly from his machine starts happening, he, he he knows exactly what to do, and he's just he's such a badass in that moment. So on the one hand, I thought, yeah, that's so cool, and on the other hand, I was questioning, like, oh, but who is this guy? Yeah, the, the newspaper said Stan's dead. So on the one hand, I was smiling, like, ah, oh, yeah, classic old liar and cheat. But then on the other hand, like, oh my god, this guy's like so much of a liar and a cheat he knows how to escape government <laughs> custody like nothing so what's gonna happen to the kids <laughs> uh and, and the way they dealt with that at the end too the the memory eraser that was so smart just taking that thing that was already woven in are you talking about the climax of the show no uh, they, they use the memory eraser um in oh for Not the government agents yeah I wanted to talk about the um, the production of the show, or more so, I'd like to contrast it with um, Weird Mageddon. So yeah, well, tell me about Weird Mageddon. Is that was that all made at once? Yeah, Weird Mageddon is totally a a movie. Okay, honestly, the main thing is the staging, the lighting, but the the animation is a lot more. It's more feature quality animation. Gravity Falls is a good name for a show. I love things that have the name of their setting as the title. doesn't happen a lot, but it's cool when it happens. Like uh, Twin Peaks, which I talked about last week a lot. And this is a pretty long and funny segue. 
I just wanted to say the very final moments of the show when they're leaving Gravity Falls. I recognized the voice of the bus driver taking them out of Gravity Falls, and I looked it up, and it was Kyle MacLachlan, who is the lead character. He's Agent Dale Cooper in Gravity Falls, in, in Twin Peaks. He's Special Agent Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks. And I felt very happy that this show, inspired by Twin Peaks, got Kyle MacLachlan in to help say goodbye to everything. That was really nice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I alone in thinking this? <laughs> Am I talking to myself? If only I was on video right now. <laughs> I have not seen even a trailer for Twin Peaks. Season 1's really good. Season 2 has some good stuff. Season 3 is really good in a completely different way than Season 1 or 2. Which one is the one that sucks? Season 2. But there's some All good right. stuff in Season 2. There's some good stuff. But for the most part, uh, just David Lynch had a lot less creative control just because studio heads said, hey, look, this show's getting more popular. Let's just focus on the dumb, silly stuff so more people watch it. And yeah, this, it got a lot less heavy and just a lot weirder for the sake of being weirder. Gravity Falls, I really like how there's a really strong creative vision through and through and it's just consistent. It delivers the whole way through. Like Twin Peaks, whenever I recommend that to someone, I always have to give the asterisk of uh, season one's good. Uh, season two has some good stuff, but it's not as good. <laughs> I mean, David, what about season three? David Lynch himself said about season two, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he said that. But season three, I can't easily recommend to everyone either. It's very, very acquired. It's it's art film TV. Okay. But Twin Peaks Season 1, fantastic. Gravity Falls will uh, hold a nice little place in my heart somewhere in the neighborhood where Twin Peaks lives. And I think it's amazing that Gravity Falls... I, I love that it begins and ends. And I know that sounds funny, but it just makes it a time and a place that you can come back to. Just watch any episode and you're back in Gravity Falls for Mabel and Dipper's last childhood summer vacation. It's a nice thing that it just begins and ends and you can just come back. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't like when shows overstay their welcome. It's more than just a Disney Channel show. There's There's a story that it's telling. It's more than a Disney Channel show. It's a good Disney Channel show. <laughs> you know, the last episode of Gravity Falls, that was almost 3 million viewers that watched that. I think that's fantastic. Just because this is fresh in my mind, I'm making this connection. Uh, did you know of the channel Unis Honest? Unis Honest? Don't bother looking it up because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> But it was a year-long project with uh, Markiplier and uh, Ethan Nestor. And they made one video every day for an entire year with the goal of deleting the channel at the end of the year. And they recently deleted the channel after one year has passed. I watched most of the videos, not all of them. And for the very last moments, they did a 12-hour live stream before they deleted the channel. They deleted the channel on live stream, I should say. And in the final moments that the channel was alive, there was uh, about 1.5 million people watching live. 
like at midnight wow. for them to delete the channel and deliver on that promise from a full year ago. How often did they upload? Every day. They uploaded every day at noon, and every upload, they had the timer counting down at the beginning and end of the video. So it was building up for an entire year for the counter to reach wow. zero. And their goal with it was to just make an experience, to make something that you had to be there to experience because people take for granted nowadays that, you know, it's the internet, it's forever. So. I like that. So, yeah, they made that's, an experience. That's pretty profound. Yeah. I was thinking of making my own spinoff channel called, called uh, Bingus Bongus. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of content did they make? I'd say just variety. <laughs> like. They had, like, their first video was cooking with sex toys. And then they also had videos, like, we try to get actually hypnotized. We go through military obstacle courses. Um, we milk goats. Like, we camp for, like, a week, and they had themed videos for that. It was, okay. a, it was a variety of That's things. That's cool. And, I mean, they were good videos. They were entertaining because, you know, it wasn't, like, it wasn't simple stuff. They went places. They did things. They did something different every day. So it was it was an experience, and I'm glad I was there for it. Uh, unfortunately, unlike Gravity Falls, it's not something you can kind of come back to. It's just the sole purpose of it was to live on in memory. I appreciate the the artistic message. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a brave thing to do because. Uh, they had 4.5 million subscribers, and every single one of their videos had over a million views. Like, their highest viewed video was 11 million, and yeah, on the low end, it was 1 million. So, it was a, you know, it was a loss for them, but also for everyone who became attached to, you know, the content to, I mean, it wasn't like a storyline with moving parts, but you know, the storyline of the counter going down every day of the time being finite. Uh, so I think it's really an amazing thing that they had this big experiment they wanted to do. And, you know, for the final live stream where you had to be there at that time to witness it, they got more viewers than a lot of these episodes for Gravity Falls even. It's pretty amazing how culture changes. The Unisanis thing, that's like... A conversation between people you know what do you mean it's fleeting like a conversation or like your time is you know yeah <laughs> yes mr flicking your light on and staring at me through the camera <laughs> what can i do for you whatever would you like me to do or <laughs> whatever would you like me to ask you to do for me sir oh i uh i remember a very critical thought that i don't remember if i brought this up last week or not if I did, then I'm going to bring it up again, and we'll both have forgotten. And I hope it'll be just as funny as the first time. <laughs> I think that it looks like Peter Griffin could totally be Dipper's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I. Hey there, little Dipper. <laughs> dad, shut up. Wait, Disney owns Fox now. Maybe they can show us Dipper's dad. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can have another just... You know, they, they keep bringing back all these shows, you know? They keep bringing back this stuff, like Phineas oh, no. and Ferb and stuff. I hope they don't bring back Gravity Falls. Just leave it. 
leave it alone, please, no, Disney. I, I'll accept them bringing it back if they cross it over with Family Guy. <laughs> Disney, I know where your offices are. You know, they did The Simpsons versus Family Guy. Let's do Gravity Falls versus Family Guy. Yeah, let's take the family up to Oregon for a road trip. Let's do Simpsons versus uh, Pickle and Peanut. <laughs> well, we can't do Simpsons versus Rick and Morty because we already know who would win in that fight. What about Gravity Falls versus R- Rick and Morty? I could imagine uh, Morty and Dipper trying to have a conversation. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hey, I gotta, I gotta ask you for your gaming credential right now. Have you ever beat the Ender Dragon, sir? I do not entertain conspiracy theories. Uh, there is no Ender Dragon, uh, sir. Have you ever hunted down Endermen and gotten Eyes of Ender? Have you ever gone through an End Portal and fought an Ender Dragon? I've gone through an Ender Portal. I have never fought no dragon. Those two statements can't coexist. The dragon is on the other side of the portal. Okay, well, I've entered a portal in Minecraft playing one time. So you you probably went into the nether. It was a purple portal and you went to hell, right? Yeah. That's the nether. That's not the end. Okay. Minecraft has a really nice credit sequence. And that's all I'll say about that. You can finish Minecraft sometime and see the credits for yourself. I don't even own Minecraft. You don't own a copy of Minecraft? I own two. Wow. I have it on my PC and on my Switch. Yeah, I don't know. I've just never got into it. I haven't spent a lot of time with Minecraft since I was younger because I remember on the weekends I would use it to uh, just hang out with some friends from middle school when I was younger. We built an apartment building and we had Minecraft adventures and slept in our beds. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty fun. That was the most into Minecraft I got. The first time I played Minecraft was off of a USB stick from one of my friends in the school library. And he let me take it home. That's pretty cool. Man, the the kids playing games in the library at school. In high school, I took a coding class. And all the kids would just (laughs) boot up Halo and... You know, they just played during class when the teacher wasn't looking. I remember I was in high school when Smash 4 announced that they would be releasing DLC characters. Smash Bros. DLC characters, to answer your question from like 10 minutes ago, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Smash Bros. DLC characters. Oh my god. Uh, Whatever could you mean? Uh, Whatever I could mean is... Someone from a faraway land has joined the fighters of Smash Brothers. A fantastic addition, if I do say so, which I do, myself. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) I'm just the hype man, take it away. Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII just got added in, and if he was the first character... In the DLC pack. I would have bought it uh, right away. I waited. I bought it when Steve came out. Because Weiss kept telling me to. And I did. (laughs) It's partially (laughs) true. But. (laughs) uh, Sephiroth. I'm excited about Sephiroth being in. 
I, that's wild to me that Cloud and Sephiroth are both in Smash Bros. So, I've never played Final Fantasy VII or any of the Final Fantasy games. And Speaking of gamer credentials, sorry, go on. I, like, I, I don't know, I'm just curious about why Sephiroth is in the game. I mean, I could understand why. Final Fantasy VII is the most important Final Fantasy game, one of the most successful most recognizable the <laughs> relationship between cloud and sephiroth if you ever watched final fantasy 7 advent children or played the final fantasy 7 remake that rivalry between cloud and sephiroth is uh even within the final fantasy 7 series itself is a very immortalized timeless battle it's because i always have to bring it back to this and kingdom hearts even the cloud and sephiroth's battle wages actually this kind of all ties together the rivalry between Cloud and Sephiroth is so epic that it has left its own series and they've continued to battle in the Kingdom Hearts universe and now they continue to battle in the Smash Brothers <laughs> games. So that's sort of how epic the uh, battle between Cloud and Sephiroth has become and is. Damn, I didn't know it goes that deep. Uh, yeah, it, I would say that Sephiroth is... You know, one of the most highly regarded villains in the Final Fantasy series. If you had to pick a villain, it would need to be Sephiroth, because I don't think any of the other antagonists in the series would be that good. But I was really surprised that a second Final Fantasy character was in, with uh, how limited the expression there is allowed for Cloud in Smash Bros. And what I mean by that, he only has two music tracks, and that sucks. Every other DLC character has... A lot more music. So I'm excited for more Final Fantasy VII music to be in. It's something that I'm more skeptical than excited about is Sephiroth's fucking range. He's got a big sword. Cloud has a big sword. Yeah, but he doesn't use it like it's a big sword. I mean, he does in his, like, aerial attacks, but, like... Cloud's range sneaks up on you. Maybe I'm just so used to fighting Cloud that I haven't noticed. But, yeah, Sephiroth, uh... To put it in Sakurai's words, he's probably going to be a ranged demon. In Sakurai's words? Uh, he he said that to describe Byleth with uh, Byleth's oh. different weapons. A ranged demon. Yeah, I think, he, I think he qualifies for that title. Yeah, I already have Fighter Pass, so I'll try him out. Yeah. Looks like he could be fun. Yeah, I, I love all the villain characters. Like K. Rule, Ridley, Bowser... I have a lot of fun with those guys, so Sephiroth being added alongside those, that'll be really cool. And he's coming out before the end of the month, so very soon. Something else that was cool at the Game Awards... Uh, but by the way, uh, the Game Awards were this week. <laughs> we haven't mentioned the Game Awards at all yet in the episode. Something else that I got really excited about from the Game Awards was the ARC animated series trailer. I don't know anything about Ark, but that looked cool. I don't know nothing about Ark either, but what I do know is that looks like some good stuff. It like the the action in the trailer is so good. The the camera, the freaking everything, like very well done. The the action just grips you. You know that this um goes into something that I I think has been uh, happening more with animation is like some like more eastern inspired art styles hmm 
I'm not sure what you mean. Could you elaborate on that? Like, it, it feels anime-inspired. It feels like something, like, Studio Mir um, would do. You know, like, th- those are the... That's the team behind Avatar and Legend of Korra. A- and if you look at um, Castlevania and the new He-Man show uh, that's going to be on Netflix, there's a wave of people, it, like, who really enjoy anime and taking that taste and putting it into the art. I think that's really cool. Uh, speaking of being inspired or rather the lack thereof of inspiration. Uh, Can you believe that Vin Diesel showed up two years in a row to the Game Awards? Do you remember when he was at the Game Awards last year? That was trash. Mr. Fast Furious. So the big man goes up, Mr. Furious, and on the biggest stage for video games, he says, you remember Pac-Man? You remember Tekken? Just saying this stuff. Very cringy celebrity appearance, if ever there was one. It it really, like, completely cut from (laughs) the experience that I was already having. Yeah, they they really could have chosen someone better to announce Game of the Year. They they didn't really... Yeah, that too, they are actors. Like, they didn't really have any oomph to them, you know? Look at Keanu Reeves. He's very, like, passionate about it. He's a cool host. When he talks about his own game, Cyberpunk 2077, he's very enthusiastic about it. It's not just, I'll remember video games. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is pretty cool. So my dad is playing Cyberpunk right now. (laughs) And every time I walk into the living room and I see it on the screen, I just have to say the name of the game with the exact tone and enthusiasm as Keanu did at uh, E3 2019. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny, but I like it. (laughs) On a completely unrelated note, I suddenly feel like saying it's a good a time as any. That's what you meant by by it's a good a time as any. Okay, I'm not even going to hide it right now. I'm recording since my audio is gone, and I just realized I have free laugh tracks from Weiss. Uh, Here, let me try something. What's brown and sticky? A stick. <laughs> Have you seen... Uh, do you know about the YouTube channel Kurtz, Kurtz Gazette? No, I don't. They released a video sponsored by... Oh, what's the studio behind Cyberpunk? CD Project Red. Yes. So CD Project Red sponsored a Kurtz Gazette, Kurtz Gazette video in which they discussed humans uploading consciousness. You know, something that was touched on in the video was how so much of our experience is related to our physicality. How we get hungry, we love, we like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's correlated chemically or otherwise uh, throughout our mind and body. So they were talking about how easy it would be for or not how easy it would be but you know if a if a digital consciousness was able to modify itself you know like for example if someone was struggling with addiction in their physical body as a digital consciousness they don't have a body anymore that would crave these substances there would be no need f- for food there would be 
like the the experiences we seek out could very well completely change without having a body and hormones and things like that that you know it's it's a really strange um like it's a really interesting thing to think about i think you can have a digital consciousness on a spaceship and just hibernate for thousands of years until you reach your destination that's one example you know lately i've been thinking a lot about aliens i think uploading a consciousness to a non-biological life form would be a really genius way to traverse the galaxy and the universe are you talking about that from a humanitarian standpoint or purely an experiential standpoint just hmm it, it just seems like a really smart way because you can't travel the universe without prolonged life dying yeah well that's interesting i say prolonged life you say death <laughs> i don't think it's does it count as prolonged if you know a digital thing is essentially immortal as long as there's a server to back it up well when i say prolonged life i meant something like cryostasis being frozen does that even work though I don't, not at this moment. We do have frozen human bodies on the planet, though. Uh, just in case we do figure out how to make it work. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. One of them is a famous baseball player, I know. Don't they get frostbite, like, you know, when you keep steak in the freezer for too long? I mean, they're not alive. They're frozen. But uh, the point is that if we yeah, ever but... find out how to safely dethaw them, that they're there. No, but... Like, wouldn't the tissue be damaged? Probably. I'm no science man, you know. You'd have a bunch of bizarros coming out of that freezer. I wonder what a defrosted brain will work like. Mm. <laughs> I, I imagine, like, Bizarro from Superman. Oh, Bizarro's actually a guy. Do you know who Bizarro is? No idea. Bizarro is... Uh... A really poor attempt at a clone of Superman. And he is my favorite Superman villain. Is it like the conflict of Superman versus himself? Yeah, but this guy thinks he's Superman. <laughs> and he wants to kill Superman. <laughs> ah. You know, there's a storyline just like that in Kingdom Hearts. He's a big dumb oaf. <laughs> the, the, his Superman S is backwards. <laughs> Because when, because when he looks in the mirror, then he sees an S. Do you know your own weakness, Weiss? Would you be able to defeat your clone? Mm, yeah, but wouldn't the clone also know my weaknesses? Mm-hmm. I would talk to the clone and say, this is a huge world. I think you should go see what it's like to live out a life that we never would have dreamed of. No, no. Let's say that you can't do that because... What? No, no. If I had to fight your clone, I would break all his pencils and rip up his sketchbooks. <laughs> Angel, that wouldn't kill him. That would piss him off. <laughs> I'd, I'd be going to try and break his heart. <laughs> I think I would need to draw blood from myself. 
if there can only be one? Because how else you, is it going to end? You go for a knife? No, I, I don't know. I ju- just kill him. <laughs> you make it sound so easy. Oh, I'll put up a fight. But I'll guard my weaknesses. And look out for his. Cut him in the side. <laughs> if I had to be the one to live... You said that you'd draw blood. If I had to be the one to live, I would use my bare fists. <laughs> I would use whatever's there. Whatever is available to me. Because I, I wouldn't let myself take my existence away. Oh. <laughs> Disposing of the body, though. You'd need some therapy for that. You know what? I think I would try to bait my clone into going home for the day. And then I would, like, buy syringes and inject him with bleach. (laughs) (laughs) You're going for the creative kill points, huh? (laughs) You're, like, hitmanning your own clone. (laughs) Just coming up with the most roundabout way to kill him. Path of least resistance. I'd probably go to the hardware store and buy rat poison, then make a meal for my clone and fill it with rat poison. (laughs) And then I'll feed him rat poison. (laughs) And then he'll say, you made my favorite meal, spaghetti and rat poison. (laughs) And then I step back in disbelief. His favorite meal... Quiz this freak. We come from a world where rat poison is the only viable food left. That's why I've come to kill you. I know I should have went with the f***ing bleach. Oh, you've got bleach to wash it down? Thanks. (laughs) Sir, now, at at that point, I'm the one who should die. (laughs) (laughs) If he's got that many environmental resistances... Yeah, this He's the one superior clone. This one should mate and reproduce other beings with those same abilities. <laughs> so, we've been talking about the game awards. Uh we talked about Sephiroth. We talked about celebrity moments. Uh the animation in the Arc animated series coming in 2022. Something that I saw that uh you haven't seen yet, the new map in Among Us. The new map in Among Us. Yeah. Is it out now? No, it's early next year. It's an airship. Whoa. They're adding new tasks, and there's ladders, and... uh, I don't know if this is a change happening to all maps, or just this map, but now, after meetings, everyone doesn't spawn in the middle. Uh, Everyone has to select one of three locations to spawn in. Hmm. So everyone is not grouped all together after every meeting. But I'm not sure if that's going to be exclusive to this map or if it's a general update. That's really cool. Yeah. So something I thought to ask you, what do you think of the animation in Among Us? The art style is very simple, uh, but, you know, it is all, from what I could tell, like hand animated. Yep. I like it. It's perfect. That's what I'll say. How many animations are there in there? There's the little walk cycles. There's some of the tasks. There's the kill animations. Pretty minimal, huh? Yeah, and 
you know something um i think part of the reason the game is so popular is from the charm of the animation i'd agree with you along with being fun the look and charm of it is really big yeah the game design and the art design what's your favorite hat in among us the indiana jones looking australian outback looking hat i like the pirate hat second place goes to the sheriff hat i think pirates are cool pirates i was never a big pirate guy but yeah the new map it's an airship and uh i like airships uh because airships are a recurring thing in the final fantasy series in every game you'll usually get an airship at some point so i like airships yeah i'm i'm fond of airships myself what's your experience with airships um, well, there's one that I've talked to you about before, but I'll keep that private. I think I remember that one, yeah. That one is very cool, uh, in my opinion. Airships. Just to make sure if I'm asking you the right one, it there's an airship in your right? Yep. All right, yeah. I'm going to bleep that out so it sounds funny, but uh, I knew I was on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an airship in my you should get that checked (laughs) and on that note this has been a very slapped together episode of the intermediate podcast if you liked what we got you know follow us like whatever you're on just follow us you know keep up to date with what we're posting and this has been weiss along with angel of the intermediate podcast thank you to swoon for providing the intro music and outro music And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Hey, one last thing. If you listened through this whole truly messy episode, you're awesome. Uh, Thank you for sharing some of your time with Weiss and I. And the next one will be better. So thank you again and see you next Saturday.